Hello and welcome to the latest from Hearts Standard. My name is Joel Skett. I am joined by my colleague James Kearney and we are going to preview Hartford Lobians' Edinburgh Derby clash with Hibernian at Easter Road this evening. Before we get on to it, not like we've uh, already uh, already spoken, how was your Christmas, James? Oh, it was lovely. Thank you. I had a lovely time. Ate too much, drank too much, the usual. Um, that's, that's the way to do it. That's the way to do it. And, and yourself, did you have a good time as well? Yeah, yeah, it was good. My 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 partner, she got me a, a putting practice um, green uh, for, and uh, so we rolled out in the living room. And I have been now uh, been I've barely been off it since. Uh, and she, turns out she, uh, my missus is a better putter than me, which is uh, which 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 is a great thing to discover as well. So uh, yeah, all good, all good. Well, hope everyone who um, who listens, who subscribes, had a wonderful Christmas, and hopefully. Hopefully, hopefully, it gets so much better this evening uh, when when Hearts go to Easter Road. So to kick things off, James, let's let's just uh, let's just talk about predicted lineups because they've just gone they've just gone up on the site just now. What mm. we expect, and again, we are very very close in terms of what we think the team will be. Uh, well, b- b- myself and yourself, yeah. there's every chance that Stephen Naismith will throw one, two, three, maybe four uh, curveballs which which will stump us. The the, we've agreed, I think, well, so 10 out of 11 players. We are yep. disagreeing on one midfield player. But before we get to that, I've seen Graham, uh, Graham uh, message in on YouTube. Morning, guys. Hope you're well and had a great Christmas. Thank you, Graham. Hope you too had, uh, had a wonderful one, your family. Only change I could see tonight is Forrest for Oda. Not sure I would change much else. And I think we have pretty much agreed with Graham here because both of us have got Alan Forrest as a striker alongside Lauren Shankland. Mm. No, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, my, my thinking was that just, I think, compared to the St. Mirren game um, a few days ago, I think this one will be stylistically probably more similar to like something like the Celtic game. I think that there will be opportunities to hit Hibs on the break. I think we know it's a derby. We know that there's going to be that expectation from the home crowd that the Hibs go attack, get forward, commit men. And I think that there could be that option to hit Hibs on the break. And I just think, looking around the squad at the moment, I think Alan Forrest is best suited to that. Obviously, his relationship with Shanklin goes back years, so they know each other mm-hmm. really well. Um, but I think more than more than that, I think one of the things that I've been quite impressed with Forrest recently is that generally, when he's played the ball, he doesn't lose it. And again, I think that in amid the, the chaos and the hustle and bustle of an Edinburgh derby, I think having that kind of cool head at the top end of the park can be a, make a really big difference. It can help the team just to get up the park, attack, break, and get forward. So that 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 was my thinking. Um, he, I, I think, I, one of my one of the reasons I had him in was because I think not that not that anyone uh, the, the other guys the other guys don't, but I just think he does it particularly well. Is that he follow, I think he's quite diligent. He follows instructions really well. So I think mm. Stephen Naismith knows he's, he's like. Alan, you do this, this, and this, and he will do this, this, and this. Sometimes, okay, he might not have the the end product or the the, the high qualities some Hearts fans want, but he is uh, he has been this season largely quite effective. And mm. we saw it the last couple of times when he uh, came off the bench and against Rangers and then against St. Mirren there and comparing him to Oda was. He'll get the ball and he'll go forward. He's he's really direct. Um, yeah, that really helps. That will really help tonight if we do get um, on the counter. And you saw how well he played in that position for uh, against Celtic, and that's why I've kind of opted for him ahead of Oda, ahead of Vargas, ahead of Tagawa. Because obviously Liam Boyce, I don't think 
the way Stephen Nace has been mm. uh, talking, there's unlikely that uh, Boyce will. Uh, it may not be involved, but very unlikely that he'll, he'll, he'll start. So, yeah, that's 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 my big thinking around Forest. And I mean, we're talking about Forest. We we've not really talked about formation. We both, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, so we, we should both, probably cover that at some point. <laughs> we we both expect it to go uh, to go back to kind of like the the more traditional. Three five two, which mm-hmm. has been the uh, which has been the norm for the last uh, for the last couple of months, and to s- steer away from the what was essentially kind of like a five four one or three four three uh, against St. Mirren. Yeah, yeah. Um, again, I think that it's it's just it's a different kind of game. It's different, you know. I think with particularly with St. Mirren, they want to try and play the game in central areas largely, particularly when they're defending. They want to try and funnel hearts in the field. Um, and I think that's why we saw that that cha- that shape change for the St. Marion game. Again, I don't think you're going to get that against Hibs. I think Hibs like to play it out, like play the game out wide. You know, mm-hmm. um, obviously they're, they'll be playing in a four four two that at times is almost a four two four. So there's not going to be that there's not going to be that many bodies in midfield. Whereas out wide, that's where they're more likely to have the numbers. So I think that. Yeah, I, I think we a more traditional. I think it'll be that more traditional one we've seen with Benny, Benny at number six and two certain ahead of him. Um, again, gives Hearts that numerical advantage in that area of the park, which is where I'd imagine they're going to want to get the ball. Mm-hmm. And I think as well, <clears throat> unlike the St Mirren game where we saw Cochrane and Atkinson playing as almost like inverted wing backs and they were coming in to support the midfield in the middle. I think that rather than that, we're much more likely to see them getting high, getting wide, trying to get, isolate the the Hibs fullbacks and get them into 1v1 situations. So I think that, yeah, it's a, <clears throat> I think it'll be more similar to what we've seen in recent weeks. I don't think it'll be the same as St Mirren. Um, and again, I think some of the roles will be a wee bit different. So I guess, again, I think Atkinson and Cochrane were generally getting in infield against St Mirren in order to just give Hearts that numerical advantage in the middle. Again, the Hearts have already got that for this one. It's yeah. going to be out wide where they're going to have to try and find those numbers. So I think that's what we're probably more likely to see. And I, th- I think we've both, we've both agreed that it'll be Atkinson and Cochrane, surely, at the wing backs. Yeah, right? yeah, I, th- I think so. I think you look at the, you look at the past two games, and I think they have really gone up a level. And it does seem mm. that it does seem that Stephen Naismith has has really has, has really uh, kind of asked off them to be really aggressive in how they. Uh, went out of possession because you see, you've seen it against Celtic, you wrote about it, and that was shown against St Mirren, just how quickly they went to engage the, mm. engage an opponent. Like uh, Cochrane, I think he had, in terms of the against St Mirren, the most tackles and interceptions uh, combined. Yeah, he gave away a number of fouls as well. Mm. I've seen a few St Mirren fans talk about that, how how many fouls he gave away without getting a, a booking, but they're all, they were all really good fouls where it was like well, it wasn't a like it wasn't a bad tackle or anything. It was just kind of blocking someone or stopping someone, and it was just it was one of those where you can you can you can accumulate quite a few. And I think let's not forget it was the same against Celtic as well. Again, yeah, he yeah. had like comfortably the most tackles and interceptions of any player in the park. You know, so it's not just like a, yeah. a one-time thing. You know, it's like he's doing it. Like you say, the last couple of games, he he really has kind of raised his game, and I think it's to the point where Cochrane is one of the first teams on the team sheet at the moment. You know, and again since Atkinson's come back from his injury. Again, he's looked really impressive. I think there's that first game back, it was against Rangers, wasn't it, when he looked a wee bit off the pace. But then basically since then, he's been 
fantastic and he's just everything you want in that wing, in that wing back position. Yeah, and he's been so tireless as well. I think a couple of guys, a couple of fans I've seen on social media mentioned just how um how how hard he worked against St Mirren and watching it back, there was times where you mentioned it as well, there was times where he was just pressing. Uh, so he was playing right wing back, but he was pressing in like the left forward position. Yeah, and yeah. He was, it was just, it was kind of just all over the place. And I do think he, he likes that, uh, like likes having that freedom to move in field. Just sticking on, like you said, the, the threat of Hibs is down uh, down the side. Graham mentions that Hibs means threats are boiling Yuan out wide, so it's important yeah. to have players who can help Atkinson and Cochrane Forrest can do that right. Mackay on the left. We don't have Barry Mackay playing, but I'd, I honestly wouldn't be surprised if if uh, Stephen Aismith go just goes it basically says just play one v one against Yuan and it's will be Tavares because. Martin Boyle has largely been playing up front recently. They've been without Adam LaFondra, so I'll demand mm-hmm. it will be Dylan Venti and Martin Boyle through the middle. And then it'll be, I'm guessing, Yart Tavares and maybe Ellie Ioanni's not. He's been kind of in and out of starting 11, so they'll be, they're the threats out wide. And that's why I think the back three, because you can have the full backs and then you've got two centre backs behind them who can come out wide and make sure that uh, can uh, give them support. Yeah, I think that'll need to be what happens because I know that, I mean, we touched on this after the Kilmarnock game recently, the one at Rugby Park, when we talked about the fact that, yeah, a lot of the time Cochrane was rushing out to meet um, Danny Armstrong and basically just not diving in, not committing, and then that allowed the three centre-halves to kind of hold their shape in the middle for when the ball came in. I think it'll be different this time around. I don't think we're likely to see that. I think it's good. So in those situation, in, in that situation, it's the wide centre backs. We're staying, we're staying put, and just waiting for the ball to come in so they could clear it. But as you kind of touch on, I think you know you look at the guys who are most likely to be playing out, out wide for Hibs, and they're guys who are brilliant in one v one situations. So I think you need to, as, as well as Cochrane and Atkinson have been playing recently, I do think you need to have that extra insurance behind them because there will be times where they will get beat just because you and you and Yes, he might not be in the best of Formula One, but he's a wonderful dribbler with the ball at his feet. Um, you know, obviously Martin Boyle's got that incredible pace, you know, and then if you say, you know, it might be Tavares again, he's really come onto a game over the last couple of months, really good in these one v one situations. So I think that the likes of Rose or again, I've, I've got Kingsley at right centre half. I think mm-hmm. they're gonna to have to be um helping it um getting helped out. Or the other option, of course, is that similar to what we saw against Celtic, is that you ask the two Centre mids to do that, you know. Again, against Celtic, it was Denham and Grant. Grant, that's right. Thank you. Um, yeah, and they, they they covered that space really well. Whenever either the wing backs pushed up to attack, they went and covered in behind them. It might be a case of doing that again, but I think that might be a little bit conservative for playing Hibs away because all of a sudden that's a lot of men you've got back. And so Hibs aren't they're not as good as Celtic, you know. They're not, they're not the same caliber of side, so you know that may be it might be a little too cautious. So, yeah, it's interesting because um, Corbetto Baggio thinks, he was, uh, thinks I think it'll be uh, set up very similar to Celtic Park, flat back five and try and counter. Hibs overcommit um, in the 4-4-2 they play, so Naismith will look to invite them on until us and hit them on the break. Good point, I, yeah. That, yeah, I think so. Absolutely, I think that's um, that, that's spot on. I think that when you look at it, if it's a flat back five, you kind of minimise the space for Boyle to run into, the space for Yuan to run into, Tavares. And I'm, I'm kind of torn of like Hibs, because Hibs play 4 for 2 but times recently he's played almost like Josh Campbell as a second striker, and then he's yeah. had Boyle and uh, Tavares on 
uh, on, on the wings. But you, you do, I do think that if you kind of negate the space, and like Liam, uh, like Liam says, they, they can push up and they can potentially leave space, especially like the midfield. I think mm. the midfield, is it's not the... It's not the strongest. It's it's if you play um, kind of Dylan Levitt, it can maybe if, if if he gets exposed in a two-man midfield, I think it can be a bit soft, and I think that hip hearts come in the battle. And like you said about the centre midfielders helping out, that's why I think Callum Yunoff will come back in for Barry Mackay. Mm. I think it'll be I think it will be a more conservative lineup with a lot more mobility, a lot more thinking about um, what the what the team will look like if without the ball, and then. Because Nace was said, the derbies are just completely frantic in the first ten minutes. Just um, he, and one thing I liked about him, what he said was on after the submitting game, he doesn't treat them as any other game. Like here, managers come out and say, yeah. "Oh, derbies every game." He's like, "No, it's a, it's different. It's different." And it's and he likes that about it. And then you have Barry McKay, Alex Lowry, uh, uh, Vargas, Tagawa, Oda, all on the bench as options to change it when it does get a bit more um, when the space does open a bit and it calms down. But you have gone for Alex Lowry in the midfield. What's what's your thinking behind that? I have, yeah. Um, to be honest, it was a bit of a toss-up between Lowry and Mackay for me in that position. Um, I've opted for Lowry just because I think that he's stood out in that role more than anyone else at, at times this season. I think that particularly the Hibs playing a two-man midfield, there will there should be space in there. And you know, I think if you give someone like Alex Lowry a bit of time in the ball, that's when he's at his most dangerous. I think we've seen that already this season. And I would expect them, you know, I think if he can get those little pockets of space, they just kind of over to the left, slightly advanced. Um, he can really start pulling the strings and playing a, and playing a bit of tempo. And I think that mm. just having that kind of playmaker in there is really important when you're in possession. Um, and particularly as well, Hearts are going to be trying to hit Hibs on the counter. Someone with like his kind of his invention, his range of passing, his vision—that's going to be absolutely crucial to that. I do take the point, and I think out, out, out of possession, I think Newinghoff probably does offer you more. And it's maybe that so there's maybe a a weighing up exercise to be done there by by Naismith. Um, but I, I would, I, I do think though so that I think just for his the creativity he brings on the ball, um, you know, he's very forward thinking. And again, I think that. And there's certain games, like I think of something like you know Livingston or St Johnston, where if it's ten men behind the ball and there's not really much space at all, he can struggle to make much of an impact. This isn't good. That's not going to be the case at Easter Road, you know. Yeah, it will be a bit more intent. It will be a bit more uh, helter skelter. And again, Hearts should have the numbers in that area of the park, which should theoretically free up Lowry to you know make a bit of a make, make a bit of an impact. So. Yeah, I would really like to see him, but again, if it was Barry McKay, I wouldn't be particularly upset either. Again, similar sort of thing in that easier playmaker, but similar sort of qualities. Again, off the ball, okay, it's maybe not offering quite as much as somebody like Neuenhoff, but um, but I do think that there's enough kind of um, pace and physicality elsewhere in the team that you could probably accommodate a playmaker type. So, yeah, I definitely would see um, one of those two in there, but um, I just... I, I just I, I I like I like a I like a creative number ten. What can yeah, I say? Yeah, I, I, I mean, normally I normally I am, but uh, I, I'm off the minds in a derby. You just go in. I just win the battles. You just make it. Um, you kind of I, I think Hearts are a team who probably like to battle more. Um, just 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 generally, mm. and just just what just win your individual battles, win the collective ba- uh, battles, and then when the game kind of settles down or you've got a foothold in it, that's where you bring on bring on other players. And that's why, like, Aidan Denham was one of the, when it came to predicting my lineup, he was one of the first 
uh, names on teams because you look at the last two games and he's everything that we've been missing or uh, Hearts, I just think Hearts fans want to see in a midfielder in their team. He was just everywhere. He carries the ball really well. He's, he's carried the ball really well. He's been direct and it goes back to if, if not, this will go up during the winter break. Just um, when I spoke to Dan Naismith about just how developing players, but he, he talked about Denham and, uh, specifically. For the last couple of months, he's been using Denham and training He's played them at wing back. He's played them. Uh, I think he said he might play them at centre back as well. But he's uh, playing them uh, as a number ten. So he was, he was putting, he was moving them around positions. So he's getting used to just to get him used to the different demands of each position. And he's really taken on that kind of all action midfield role recently, uh, really, really well. Because I thought he'd come in and he'd just be kind of like a maybe not quite a number six, but someone who just get the ball and recycle it. That's what he kind of looked like against Rosenberg, but he's really just um, just added a different dimension in the last couple of games, especially against uh, St Mirren. And I think he will be crucial in kind of getting up and down and supporting uh, Shankland and Forrest. Yeah, you would you would think so. I mean, that, that kind of, you know, that industry that he brings, that energy in midfield, that forward-thinking attitude, these are all things that you would imagine would play, they are exactly want from your, from your midfielders in a derby, you know. Um, mm-hmm. so I think that yeah, I agree. He was one of the first names on the team sheet for me, just based on his recent performances. And you know, you don't want to put too much pressure on him because obviously he's still a young guy. He's still, you know, this is his first season as a professional. He's only got a handful of starts under his belt. But at the same time, you know, I think you know, the, the manner of his performance at Parkhead, the manner of his performance against St Mirren, you know, you're right. It's what Hearts have been crying out for at times this season. It's you know having that midfielder who is. Willing to get the ball, drive forward, you know, pose questions, make things awkward, and just who runs constantly for ninety minutes. And I think that there's no, and particularly with Cammy Devlin being out, I think that Denham's the most obvious replacement in that regard. Um, mm-hmm. Quite, quite interesting. I'm a midfield of Devlin and Denham in a game like this. Actually, I think that'd be quite good fun. But obviously, uh, the Bash Brothers. Yeah, exactly. It'd just be, it'd be a great laugh. It'd just be just those two guys just running around kicking everyone for ninety minutes. It'd be great fun. Um, so yeah, no, I think you're right. Denham's been superb again. It's going to be another big test for him tonight. But it's, I mean, you just can't see him not starting, can you? I mean, he's got, he's surely got to start. Yeah. Like you say, what he was doing against Mirren, what he was doing against Celtic. It's exactly what you need in this kind of game. And looking around the squad, I'm not convinced there's anyone else in the squad that can quite do it, to be, to yeah. be frank. I want to bring it back to uh, defence because uh, uh, Graham, he, he mentioned earlier, it's like, only thing that worries me is Rolls, Kent and Halcott not placed with pace, so any ball over the top, the ball is going to be a problem. That's where you're probably looking at maybe defending deeper to negate that space in behind. Yeah. But I actually think, so I actually think Rolls is, he's, he's, I don't think he's that slow. Uh, Halkett, when he gets going, I think he's, he's he can he can cover ground, but I don't think it's a game for Halkett because he's just played 90 minutes four or five days ago, having just come back from long-term injury. And actually, Stephen Kingsley, when you look at, one thing that Hibs really like to do is they, from times I've watched them, they, if they're working the ball down the right-hand side, they want the opposition winger to come in and field and can join and make it a base another third kind of third striker or whoever's going to be on the left they will likely be uh, i think um, all right, they're all right footed so then they're going to be coming in field and then that'll come in onto Stephen Kingsley's stronger foot so that's why i think Kingsley is the right city center back probably makes sense no i would think so i mean just because i think that obviously before his injury at parkhead kingsley was playing brilliantly i think he was really settling into that right centre-half role and making it his own. I thought he was brilliant. 
Um, so I think you know, just on form, I think he deserves to come back into the squad, come back into the team. And that's not to say I, I thought Halkett played well against St. Mountain, but again, it's like you say, it's like Graham mentions as well. I'm a little bit worried about. Um, I, I'm not. I'm not sure if Halkett's got the pace for it. Maybe. Oh, I mean, you know, maybe once he's fully fit, he does. But I mean, I think back to the game at Pataudry and Aberdeen's winning goal, and again, just I remember just watching that and thinking Halkett didn't look fast there, and that was against. Um, I can't remember who it was now. Um, no, it was, it was Duke that scored, was it not? But it was not. Oh, no, no, it was Duke, 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 Duke that right. ran Duke, in and yeah, so Duke, Duke's a very quick player, obviously. Yeah. yeah, but you know, Yuan and Boyle and the likes of that are, aren't exactly a million miles away from that either. Probably so that, that would be my that would be my concern. To be honest, I think that um, I, I think you're better having. I think so. I think your options are you play Halkett in the middle and, and Kent at right centre half. Um, that protects Halkett, but again, Kent's not particularly fast either. So you've still kind of got the same problem. Or you can put Kent through the through the back, where he's been Hearts's, you know, that, that he's been one of the signings this season. He's been one of Hearts' most consistent performers. And then if you've got Kingsley at right centre half, he's got that little bit more pace. Um, in order to, you know, if if Boyle or if Yuan or whoever it is gets in behind, he's there. He's got that recovery pace. Um, so yeah, that 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 was my thinking as well. Again, so like if, if it was a fully fit and fully back, up to speed, Craig Halkett, it's a much more difficult decision. But I yep. think, yeah, just again, I, I think as good a player as Halkett is, I just think Kingsley's got that extra yard of pace. Which when you're playing up against players who are as fast as hips forwards, that's that does make a difference. I think. Yeah, and uh, kind of Liam mentions that all their goals are, uh, against us come from getting behind us. That's why he thinks it'll be a, a flat back five. And a, a big thing is another thing about trying to minimise the space behind the defensive line is that we've seen it with Xander Clark is that he's hesitant mm. and his decision making off off his line when to come to sweep is not the greatest. There's you look at the you contrast the two goals the the goal against Rangers and the goal against Aberdeen. That's um, there's uh, kind of two instances where he's made the wrong choice, and there's been yeah. a wee bit of hesitancy. Graham's suggestion is a feeling Civic might start. Don't know why, but I just get that feel. I think it might just go back to the fact that Civic uh, is um, is rat is when you look at him compared to the rest of the defenders, he's probably the, he is the quickest um, yeah. in, yeah, in a foot so. race. So, kind of moving on to just more generally. Liam mentions that, uh, so he's talked about Benny Denham in the middle, go long to Shankland or behind for Forrest and Mackay. That way, try suck the life out of the crowd, then grow into the game. Because if the if Hibs don't go score uh, score early, they, that'll kind of take the um, um, take their kind of voice away and make it a bit, a bit flat. I can see that. I can see going long to Shankland because I look at Shankland and He's he's not like a, I don't know, he's not like a Kevin Kyle who win flick ons, but if you get if you hit it long term correctly, he backs in really well. He's he's really intelligent, uses his body really well, mm-hmm. and especially if he pins whoever's going to be starting with Will Fish, whether it's Rocky Bashiri or Paul Hamlin, he's Lauren Shanklin's gonna get the better of them uh, nine times out of ten. Then nine point nine times out of ten is gonna get the better of them. I mean, I don't know why you're saying that. Now you're just asking for trouble, but I know, I know. <laughs> you know, that's not going to be great. That's not great. Um, but yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, yeah, I largely agree. You know, that's one of the most impressive things about Shanklin, I think, is his ability to take the ball in under pressure and retain it, whether that be a ball on defeat, whether that be a long ball forward. Um, and he certainly has been getting a, lot, a bit of joy when he kind of drifts out right. Um, yeah. I've noticed recently, particularly, particularly up at Pataudry, and certainly the, the first half anyway, um, a lot of Hearts' best attacking moves came from 
you know, long balls up to Shank when he's drifted right and then he's managed to hold on to it for long enough for the likes of you know um, Atkinson to get up and support or one of the centre mids to come and help him out as well. So no, I think there's um yeah, I mean he's just a brilliant player, Shank. I mean, yeah, just yeah, you want him on the ball as much as possible, I would argue. Um and I, you know, when you do play those long balls forward, he's more than capable of like you say, he uses his body so well. You know, he's great at just getting his body between him and the man. Um, and actually, this is probably one of those rare occasions as well where Shankin might actually have the centre backs beat for pace, which doesn't happen very often. I mean, I'm just thinking about Hibs' centre halves just now, and they're not especially quick. You know, um, mm-hmm. like they're not. Don't get me wrong. They're not. Like, they're not like. Uh, I don't think they're slow either. But you know, it's not as much of a, a mismatch as it perhaps is in other matches. So um, again, yeah, I think as much as Hibs will be trying to get in behind Hearts and Hearts heart, that way. Again, the flip side of that is that they'll probably be pushing players up and the Hearts can do the exact same thing back to them. And again, I think that Hearts, while counter-attacking has not really been um, the, the, one of the team's great strengths this season, you think you look at this match and you go, you know, this is absolutely an opportunity, you know, because most teams aren't uh, playing quite as open against um, Hearts as Hibs will yeah. be. And that does, you know, that does just lead to great opportunities further down the line. The... Um... The, the one thing I would say in terms of the setup is that it'd be interesting to see how the team set up from Hibs goal kicks because you look at the goal he's conceded against St. Johnson. I've seen a few Hibs fans say that kind of that's mm-hmm. been coming because they look to build out from the back. That was where I think it was basically Marshall just passed it to Dylan Levitt, who was six yards yeah. in the six yard box, and then Levitt ended up passing it straight to uh, I can't remember the Simonon player, but Simonon scored uh, from that. I'll be interested to see. So that's why I think it'll be interesting to see Hearts' approach from Hibs kickoffs. Just whether there's a cha- like a wee change in shape and they push someone up and um, kind of try and make it as difficult as possible for the Hibs to play out and look to catch them uh, in and around the the Hibs box. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's another thing again. That um, looking back to the, again this thing in the first half at Petardry when actually Hearts were really good at. Pressing whenever because in the first half Aberdeen were trying to you know slowly build out for the back, there's nice short passes, and you know, Hearts did a brilliant job of keeping them penned in. They're forcing them into mistakes or forcing them into rushing it. Um, you know, Shankland was brilliant. He basically just he leads the line. He triggers the press. If he starts running, then then you, you'll see the likes of you know Denham and you know Neuenhoff, Lowry, McKay, whoever it might be, they would end up bombing forward as well to, mm-hmm. to join in and put a lot of pressure on them. So I think that again, I think it did work. Um, I, I think that Hearts have actually been pretty good at um, pressing from the front like that from like short goal kicks this season. I think that's one of the things they are good at. Um, it's just a question of yeah, you need to just make sure that the, those players are getting forward. And when I, I would imagine that if it's if heads are playing out from the back like that and they are struggling and it's not really working, it's all about then okay, well, what happens if they do start just hitting it long? Because against Aberdeen, that's where the team fell down because they, they started hitting it long. It's like, oh. Shit, we don't know what we're doing anymore, you know. So yeah, they need to definitely need to be a bit more. Um, I, I think that that will be fine, but it's, it's more just about yeah. When if the tactic does switch, if they do start going long, what happens next after that? Yeah, that's exactly what um, what Liam says there. Winning headers, um, winners, winning headers as uh, as they go long to beat the press is essential. Will be thirty yards further yep. the park if they do. If they don't, then obviously you've got all that space to run into. We'll wrap up there, James. We'll um, I'll ask you for a prediction because we'll be we'll back on probably pre-match just to talk about uh, for ten minutes just to talk about the, uh, the lineup. But what is um, uh, what is your prediction for tonight? I'm going to go for a two-one win for the heart of Midlothian. 
I am not predicting. Like I can't. I'm just. Uh, um, I don't want to jinx it. I don't want to. I, I don't want to. Don't want to say anything. I regret. So uh, I'll. Um, okay. So that means if Hearts lose tonight, it's all my fault then. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's I've set you up for it. So. Uh, <laughs> um. Does I just want looking at Graham's question? Does a win tonight? Uh, this is an interesting one for Graham. Does a win tonight turn fan opinion on Nacy uh, on Naismith for those who are still unconvinced? Uh, still not convinced. I was. I I'll, I'll say mass piece in a bit in a second. Mm. What do you think, James? Um, I I think that it probably would. I would imagine. I mean, I don't know. There probably will be some people that are, won't change their mind come hell or high water. But you look at it and you go, you know. There aren't now. You look at Naismith's kind of time in charge, and you need to look at the things that have, you know, there have been problems, and you know, things like you know, punching up. We talked about that. That's not a problem anymore. They've shown they can do that. Um, you know, winning on the road again. They've shown they can do that. <clears throat> uh, they're struggling scoring early goals now. They're, they've done that. They're struggling scoring set pieces now. They're doing that. So, I guess one of the few areas of improvement where you're still going, Jot Naismith could do a lot better there is the derbies because played three, not won any of them. And that's obviously an understandable point of contention for fans, but I think you know, I think when, if, if if Hearts were to win tonight, it's another away win. It'd be finally you know showing that they can win in a derby, and at that point, you know they'd be third. They'd be, probably have a decent few points cushion. At that point, if you're unhappy, I don't really know why. I'll be honest. <laughs> yeah, I think that's fair. I think, like, like you said, it's um, and this is what I was going on to kind of talk about. Uh, what Liam says winning derbies changes the narrative for every manager. I think that's the case because derbies are so so important to uh, to Hearts and uh, Hearts fans, and uh, rightly so. And it's just it, it, it can it can buy you so much time and it can put so much credit in the bank. And you look at always go back to uh, Robbie Nielsen, his first spell struggled in uh, the. Derby's did so well and then um, made the mess. I don't want to go down that route of the Scottish Cup because it's it's it's, it's, it's still a, still a sore subject. But you look at winning tonight, and I just I just don't I think it it just can't not change opinion because you look at that's three wins. Um, what what about seven wins from the last nine uh, that Nace like was that, had yeah. winning at Celtic Park. Um, showing real progress, progress against the men and winning Isla Road. It's 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 massive, and you look at all the all the positives that or the progress that may be made elsewhere defensively, set pieces, winning away games. It's I, I just it just it just gets them so much credit in the bank. And um, if people don't change their opinion after winning the derby, then I think that's they're still looking for them to. Uh, um, can still looking to uh, to fail. That's only that's only reasonable thing I can say. But like mm. uh, Liam says, he shuts down all the noise by by winning tonight. Lose, yeah, lose, and um, question marks are being asked again. That's the nature of it. That you, that's yeah. nature. Nace will understand that as being a Hearts player, and ma- uh, Hearts manager. That's what Derby's Derby's bring. A draw, it just kind of keeps it. Kick the can down the road, but then if you win against Ross County, you win against Livingston, you're going into the winter break having had a really good, um, really good response to two defeats uh, in a row. So yeah, it'll, it'll be very interesting to uh, to see what tonight brings. Uh, already very very nervous, um, and I've seen so many. There was, there was a guy earlier on asking, I think it was Darren asking any spares for today. The amount of uh, people I've seen on Twitter. Uh, asking mm-hmm. for spares um, or messaging me asking for spares is ridiculous. So it'll be, um, I think it'll be a fascinating evening with a very drunk away we end. Absolutely, and here's hoping come the end of it all, it's a, a happy, <clears throat> a, a merry Christmas and a happy New Year for Heart of Midlothian. 
Yeah, oh, please, please. Right, we'll end it there. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much for uh, subscribing. We'll be back this evening uh, with a wee uh, video before the game and then content after, and we'll do a review tomorrow on YouTube, hopefully talking about the Heart of Midlovian win. Until then, see you later. Goodbye. Cheers.